Voices podcast is on air, a podcast about the events happen in Belarus today. In this podcast, we talk with the people who will tell us about the highlights of the revolution that they experience now. The host of today's show are Pavel and Nastya. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi, today we're with Maxim on the line. Maxim is an active member of the protest movement in Belarus. We're happy to welcome you on the first part, podcast. Let's get to know each other a bit closer. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. We understand that anonymity is high priority for people in Belarus. So, please just share only the details that you are ready to share with us. Oh, okay. My name is Maxim. I am almost in my 30s. And I can't say there are some factors which affect my uh, living in this country, except the state of political system. I can't say that I was involved in some political movements previously. I mean, not in 2020. Mm-hmm. So the first time I started to um, search for some political news to, to be interested in it, it was maybe in two, in 2010 or 2011, right. since the last, uh, let's say, uh, loud elections, which led to some protests in our country. In that period of time, I was studying, still studying in school. So I was just uh, reading the news and uh, didn't participate my, by myself in any activities. I didn't pay any attention to politics because we had such kind of a, a social agreement with our governments. Mm-hmm. Uh, they allow us to, uh, let's say, to grow, to study whatever we want. And in response, we shouldn't be interested in politics at all. So... Are you uh, still uh, connecting with uh, some uh, students who take part in uh, protest movement? Maybe you have some friends from the universities who take part in this protest movement. I have friends who, who take part in the, these protest movements, but unfortunately they are not from university. They are, let's say, in the same situation as me. So they have jobs, some of them have families, and... That's it. Um, could you tell us how often do you go out? When did you start going out on protests? I've started to participate in this peaceful uh, rally since the... I, I bet it was in uh, in June when yeah. the first these chains of... Not, uh, not the chains of uh, solidarity, actually the chains to uh, get uh, your signature for some alternative candidates these huge chains in the center of Minsk. So it was the first time when I ever participated in some uh, political activity. So, Maxim, uh, you have a chance to observe the protest movements from the very first day of the protests. What did you feel when you saw the people start uniting to achieve a common goal? What do you feel in this moment? Uh, At the beginning, I felt that, yeah, we had uh, such kind of uh, unity which which the government can't deal with. So uh, I saw this large number of people. I saw how many of us uh, participated in such events. And I believe that on the uh, 9th of August, it will be our our night, not on the uh, electoral stations, but on the streets, despite the fact that we were forced to deal with uh, a huge number of violence uh, on the streets from the especially uh, riot police and uh, the whole military and uh, 
police systems. Mm-hmm. But uh, despite, I think that such fact, it led not to destruction of our unity, but to even more level of uh, unity in our society. Since then, a lot of things have happened, which led to some kind of uh, rebel activities in our country. Okay. So we now we, we don't have an opportunity to gather to express our opinion in the open way on the streets because mm-hmm. uh, the uh, government returned to the ways it always used to forcing people not to have their opinion and expressing it openly. Could you tell us how did the protest develop and what it led today to? How it looks like today? How it started? How it developed? Uh, so yeah, it started with, a, uh, as I already said, it started with already uh, with a very big number of uh, people who took part in the protest actively. Mm-hmm. But since uh, since then, the system adapted to it and uh, violence returned to the streets. And now not so many people express their disagreement actively, but these people are still there. Uh, these people are just wait for the right moment to do it again on the streets. And I think the spirit of protest is still there. And people try to do some local stuff actually to... Uh, keep this protest fire uh, burning. So people started to gather in the yards. People started to participate in some local chains of solidarity. People are spreading the protest colors. I mean, the white, red, uh, white flags across the whole city. They have it in their windows of their flats. And it, uh, when you are walking among the street and see mm-hmm. all these small things, Uh, you understand that uh, you're not alone and uh, there will be time when all this is going to end. Maxim, could you please highlight the most remarkable stages of protest development? Uh, okay, so from my point of view, there were a couple of such events. Uh, the first, I'll assume that uh, Sergei Tchanovsky, when he started his YouTube channel, he started to re- actively... Uh, travel across the country and ask people from not from some huge cities like Minsk, but from the local cities, the uh, local people, what they actually feel and how do they feel about their living in this country. So he started doing his activities, which allowed to actually spread the word. So uh, people who followed him, they uh, began to see that uh, and understand that they feel in the same way and they're not alone. Okay. So it was the first step. The second step, I believe, when some unexpected candidates appeared in the electoral race, like uh, Viktor Babarika and Valery Tsipkala. So I can't say that I believed in their human nature, actually, when they appeared, because I understood that only a real, uh, really desperate man or some, some crazy man can uh, play in politics in this country and especially running for president. Okay, so the next stage is electoral day itself. So we saw this huge chains of people who would like to vote for change, especially for uh, Svetlana Tsikhanovskaya. And uh, when the government decided to turn off the internet on that day, I was quite sure that something is going to happen. Maybe not today, maybe tomorrow but something definitely will happen mm-hmm. and in this day the first huge 
a peaceful rally of disagreement happened when people gathered in the center of Minsk. Uh, I also took part in this rally. I saw all of this uh, police brutality by myself. And I think due to this fact, and because of a lot of people uh, also saw this, and not just on the 9th of August, but it happened on uh, the 9th, the 10th, and the 11th of August. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the government turned on the uh, internet in the country on the 12th of August, and a lot of people who were not participating in all of these uh, videos of police brutality, this uh, unity of country uh, of our people uh, began to form with with the second breath. Okay. So uh, it was the idea of standing against the uh, violence, the police brutality, which united the huge number of people. And I think that's the next huge step in our movement. Did you have a situation when your life was in danger? Maybe there was happening in the these uh, days, uh, the days of elections, um, the second day after elections? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely there was such a situation. The actual rally uh, on this day was coming to an end. started to think of how to uh, get home. At the end of our, let's say, travel, we uh, got caught, uh, got not even caught, we got surrounded oh. by the law enforcement near the uh, famous prison on uh, Valdakskova. Due to some sequence of events, we, a small uh, group of people, I believe uh, there were maybe 100 uh, of us or less, but uh, it doesn't matter. So we get caught uh, near the uh, Valdakskova prison and there was no way uh, to run people in uh, ammunition people in black, mm -hmm. and the only way to escape was to the yard. So we just uh, saw it as the only way, because something might happen there, maybe we'll find some place to hide, and uh, it actually appeared. Some entrance to the entrance. Uh, building was opened, and uh, me, my friend, and some small group of protesters decided to hide there. So we closed the, this entrance, and gathered on the last floor. I believe there was a third floor. Uh, yes, this this was a small building. There were only three floors and we've been hiding on the third one. Oh. So we were sitting as quietly as we could without any conversations for maybe up to one hour. We saw uh, there was a window and we saw that uh, during this time, some people with uh, flashlights were... Uh, searching for protesters in this uh, yard. I think some people tried to hide in, in the grass, in the bushes, but there were not a lot of them. And all of them, as we saw, were detained in the end. To summarize, we were morally ready to get detained, but we were not ready to feel by ourselves this level of police brutality. Um, okay, I have also another question for you. So previously, when stun grenades exploded uh, or gunshots were heard and Omon, so it's the riot police of Belarus, um, ran into the crowd, people were running away chaotically without any plan to escape. 
We believe that they ran away thinking that if you run in different directions, the chances of being caught are lower because there were more protesters than Oman. But now what we can observe is that people who go out in the streets are not afraid anymore. They aren't afraid of gunshots or stun grenades explosions. And when a minibus with officers, for example, arrives, people don't run away. Why is that? Maybe people are already used used to constant explosions and shots outside, or it's people who became more courageous, brave, and aren't afraid of Oman, who attack people with batons and catch people from the crowd. Why the people aren't afraid anymore? I think it's a combination of uh, both factors. Yeah, at first, uh, people get familiar to it, and unfortunately, human being which can get used to everything. And when you see these stun grenades, and uh, gunshots uh, almost every week, you get used to it and understand that it's a new reality. And uh, on the second part, yeah, people understood that there is no sense in running because when you run from the law enforcement, mm-hmm. they, they are waiting for them. They are waiting for, for people to start running. Any kind of uh, resistance from the protests, uh, protester side. And... Okay. Right now, it's uh, really, uh, I can see it uh, by myself that when the number of protesters outnumbers the uh, amount of law enforcement which they're facing, people don't run. They just uh, stand against them, uh, try to to rescue the detainees, and... uh, actually act more uh, in a more brave and courageous way, as you said, solve the situation by running. Uh, It doesn't mean that you should uh, fight with the uh, law enforcement. Mm -hmm. You you shouldn't be afraid of them because Mm -hmm. when they see the courageous people which are not afraid of them, they became they become lost and they don't know what to do as you say before you're still uh, taking part in this uh, protesters and these marchers are you scared when you go out to the streets because we all know we all see these brutalities of people are you scared personally mm, it will be lie if i say that i'm not scared yeah every time you go to the streets, you understand the risks of what might happen uh, with you if you got detained. But uh, in my situation, I understand that the number of the the amount of uh, scare is much lower than the amount of freedom willing, let's say. Mm-hmm. So uh, f- for myself, and uh, I understood that if I will not take part in these uh, rallies, in these protest activities, nothing will actually change. So the main goal is to show that you are still disagree with the politics, with the behavior of our government. And the most obvious way to do it is to go to the streets. Tell us what motivates you to continue fighting for freedom. So I would like to live in a country where the uh, freedom of speech is the real thing. And uh, it's not the thing which might lead to your imprisonment, well, let's say. So I believe that the only way of building a good uh, country, a good system, is when the government communicates uh, with the people who live in this particular government. 
Yeah, it's scary to, reali to realize that people are already used to constant violence, repressions, gunshots, and atrocities from the regime. People in the world shouldn't get used to violence as it may become a part of their everyday life. Yeah, but despite of the fact people in Belarus live their full lives, they still go to work, they study, they meet with their friends, they go out, they go to cinemas. Um, could you tell us how do people manage to control themselves and continue the protest through a peaceful means? Because as far as we know, the protest is still peaceful. Uh, so yeah, the protest is still peaceful. And uh, I think there are two reasons why it is still peaceful. The first one is due to the amazing uh, Belarusian people who can't stand violence in any form. And I think it's kind of a controversial when you protest against the violence and start using violence by yourself. I think mm -hmm. that's one of the factors. And the second one, I think uh, in our case, the violence is not an option because uh, we are outnumbered. Uh, the government has a this unique right to use violence. And if we give them a chance to increase even the current already big uh, level of violence, they will actually do it. So mm -hmm. uh, from my point of view, they are actively forcing the peaceful protest into this uh, violent scenario yeah. because it's their uh, cup of tea. They know how to solve these uh, situations when there is violence on one side, violence on the opposite side. And they still don't know what to do with the peaceful uh, protesters. And I think that's the recipe of why we're still not uh, acting in a violent way. And one more thing I would like to mention is that sometimes you see the comments in the internet and social networks from people from uh, Russia, from Ukraine, comment on our situation and usually joke that we will not change anything until we will take violence in our hands and start using violence against violence. So I think that these people don't understand the nature of our nation and trying to uh, use some common recipes of uh, revolutions, mm -hmm. especially if we look at the Ukraine and their scenarios of a revolution, which are not applicable. We're just asking because there are people um, who believe that peaceful protests don't bring any results. So that's why we want to ask if you personally support the idea of peaceful protests or you think that peaceful protest doesn't bring any results for now and the revolution is to be made only with force. Uh, yeah, so uh, I strongly believe in uh, peaceful protests because one more thing is that let's imagine the situation when uh, the protest became radical, uh, violent. Mm -hmm. And let's imagine that in that way, we will change the situation in our country and uh, overcome the regime. But I don't think that that's the right way for building a future Belarus. Because uh, if we just overcome it in a violent way, we have a chance to have the same system as we currently have. Because I don't think that uh, anything good can be built on a violence. And if we will keep the peaceful character of protests, it will help us to build in future. Maybe it will take uh, more time than the potential uh, violent and radical protest. 
but it will have a much better results in case of a government building and society building in future. So we will have a much better chance to build and see the society as we would like it to see and not some forces which uh, might come to power in case of violent revolution. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you think, Maxim? Um, you just uh, say our say to us your personal opinion, but what about the rest of uh, Belarusians? What do you think? Did they support the peaceful protest uh, majority or not? I believe yes, because talking about the people which I'm constantly uh, talking to, my friends, they also believe in the idea of uh, peaceful protests. And if we take a look at some communities, for example, in Telegram, in Facebook, in Twitter, not so many people are support the idea of uh, violent protests. Maxim, and the last question for you. How do you imagine the Belarus of the future? That's a good question. Uh, I imagine it's it as a free country with uh, no enemies, with the freedom of speech, with a lot of great initiatives, because we know that our people are really initiative when the, they have an opportunity to act uh, proactively. And I would say that it's a country where the people are the are the ones who are responsible for their own destinies and for their own future and decide the ways of development. So, Maxim, thank you so much for your answers, your time and the courage to share your story. It was super nice to talk to you. It was really good to know um, and some point of view of people who actively protest now. And we love the answers. We really hope that Belarus and people of Belarus will get their freedom. They will win. We believe in you. Yeah, we will keep an eye on the events that take place in Belarus and believe that peoples uh, will defeat the dictator's regime. So thank you very much for your answers. And to our listeners, yeah, yeah, just say maybe a few a few words to our listeners. So yeah, that's what I supposed to say. It's really important to have some kind of support from Europe. And I'm not talking only from Europe, from the whole world community, which uh, supports the same ideas as our protests have. So it's actually important to uh, spread the word across your communities or to have more people understand actually what really happens in Europe in the 21st century, because I think there are still a lot of people which doesn't see the whole picture of our situation and such initiatives like your initiative, interviewing the people from Belarus who actively participate in these events is a really great initiative. It will allow to make the number of people who are familiar with the situation to increase this number and uh, keep your faith in us and we will win. Oh, thank you so much for the kind words. We will win together for sure. Of course. This podcast will be available on streaming platforms such as CastBox, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please leave your comments below the episode. What story would you like to hear? Leave your options in the comments. 
It's extremely important for us in our first steps in the podcast format to get the feedbacks from you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I just want to say that the history is being written in front of our eyes. And it's important that every voice is heard. We aren't saying goodbye because we are online. So see you soon.